Welcome to the Kingdom Revival Culture Podcast, keeping you in touch with Faith Mountain Fellowship Church in Red River, New Mexico. You know, the love that Jesus Christ calls his body to is an amazing, everlasting, unconditional love. And this podcast is just one of the ways that you and I can build each other up in that love. So to start, just enjoy this message, and then please contact us with prayer requests, feedback, or anything else you'd like to discuss at fmfcpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from everyone interested in helping create a kingdom revival culture. I really believe that as a church and in this region right now, we're starting to, I believe we've moved into a season of harvest. Okay. Um, Somebody ought to be excited. Ought to be happy about that. I mean, we've been planting and watering, and, and I really believe we've moved into a season where we're we're starting. To, we're going to start to harvest. And what do we talk about when we say we're in a season of harvest? In other words, I believe that people's hearts are turning and are open to the Lord right now. We've we've prayed and we've we've studied, prepared for a long, long time. That's right. Um, and so we, we had our wild game dinner the other night, and you know we had seven different people that gave their hearts to the Lord, uh, and their lives will be changed forever yeah. because of that. You know, and now we hear this morning that the first girl has been rescued, and I mean that's just it's amazing. And so as we were talking about that this morning uh, with praise team, Jay made a statement, and I really it really struck me. What he said was, you know, if we're in a season of harvest, do you guys agree with that? Yes. Okay, do you agree that we're, we're in a season? This, If we're not in a season of harvest, we're in trouble, right? I mean, the world is in trouble because we have the hope. We have, we carry this hope with us. But what Jay said was every time that we walk out the doors, every time we greet somebody or meet somebody and shake hands with them, uh, we ought to be expecting to see harvest. Isn't that good? <laughs> I'm about to wake you guys up. <laughs> that means lives are going to be changed forever. Forever. And so today, what we want to talk about, uh, the name of this sermon is Intentional Faith. Everybody say intentional. Okay, what does that mean to you? It means it doesn't happen by accident, right? It's something that you plan to do. It's something that you... You plan for, you prepare, and you expect it to happen. Okay? And that's, that's kind of, uh, that's the picture of faith, isn't it, in, in Hebrews 11. 1. In fact, if you want to turn there, we're going to look at that. Today we're going to look, I'm going to go back a couple of weeks. We were talking about kind of the two sides of faith. Uh, and one of those is the, the faith that we walk in every moment, every day. Uh, right now, when you get out of bed, you know, it's the day-to-day, moment-by-moment faith. But then there's the eternal faith, the, the hope of our calling, our eternal life with Christ Jesus. And those that gave their lives to Christ the, two weeks ago are now eternally saved. They, they are seated in the heavenlies with Christ Jesus. And that is good news. Amen? And so let's take a look at Hebrews 11. One. I'm just going to read this first part. Um, and I'm going to read a little bit, and I want you to just repeat it back to me. I want this to sink in. Let this word wash over you 
and, and build you and fill you up with it. Okay, so just repeat after I read it. Now, faith is confidence. And when, and when we say this, I want you to say it with confidence. <laughs> All right, let's start over. Now, faith is confidence. Now, faith is confidence. In what we hope for. And the assurance about what we do not see. Now, step back and look at that for a minute. What we just read, what we just spoke over our, over our own lives is faith, our, faith is confidence. Okay, it doesn't say it's going to become confidence. It is confident in those things that we hope for. Now, does that mean uh, that I can hope for my will to be accomplished and I'm going to be the greatest, you know, in the world? No, we've got to become in an align, alignment with God. Okay, we all agree with that, right? We all understand that. Uh, it's not calling forth my will. It's calling forth His will. But I asked you a question last week or two weeks ago. Uh, when you pray... Do you believe you're praying God's heart? Okay. Sometimes I'm not sure. Sometimes I'm asking God, is this your heart? But when I believe that I, like when we were praying just now for, for, the, for the, the weather conditions to change because we need moisture, our businesses need to be blessed, you know, I believe that is God's heart. Right? Yes. And so that is, that is the confidence in what we hope for, okay? But then there's that assurance of what we do not see, so it's, it's stepping out. So there's that side of faith, and then there's, uh, drop down to verse 13 in Hebrews 11, and there's the faith that's the eternal faith, the faith that keeps us moving forward, the, the hope of an eternal life. Uh, verse 13 says this, all these people, he's been talking about uh, in the first part of Hebrews 11 about the faith of Noah and Abraham and, and Jacob and, and Sarah and all these different people. But verse 13 says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of a country they had left, they would have opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Who's longing for a better country? I love the United States. I love the world that we live in, but there's a better world out there. There's a fallen world that we're having to deal with right now, and there's a day coming when that's going to be passed. Amen? And he goes on, Jesus says, or the writer of Hebrews says, instead they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Do you realize we have a city? God has prepared homes for us. We are, we're being built into his temple. And we have to be able to, to hang on to that hope. And that's a faith that's, that we're not going to receive it until all of us receive it together. The, the, the ancients that he's talking about, they saw this. God was speaking through the prophets and through his word. They saw, but they didn't get to receive it. We now have Christ to redeem us, okay? We've received that promise, but we're going to all get this promise together. Amen? And, and so that's what keeps us moving forward. See, we have, we're, we're created in love, right? There's faith, hope, and love that are going to remain. First uh, Corinthians tells us that. Uh, the greatest one is love because that's what we're created now. We're created in love, right? 
That's who we are. Say it. We're, I'm a love person. <laughs> Miss Betty is, is rejoicing right now. Because, but that's who we are. That's who we're created. When we are, when we are born again, when we, we take that step of faith and trust Christ, and He comes in, and that rebirth happens. We are recreated. We're a new creation. All things have passed away, and we're created in love. We've been given a hope. Okay, that's, that hope is this. We've been given a country that we're moving to. Just like Abraham had. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like. We don't know what it's going to involve completely. But we know we're all going there together in Christ. Amen? But we have a faith. And we have to stand in that faith. We have to operate in that faith. All right? And so that's what we're going to kind of talk about today. So I want to start out with talking about daily faith. Um, and again, we're kind of revisiting this because we were, we were talking about it last Monday morning. Guys, if you're not coming to Monday morning, uh, I just want to encourage you. I know it's 6.30 in the morning, but there's so much. Pastor Wayne leads this. And it, what's so special about this is we sit together and we talk about the sermon from the week before or from the Sunday before that. But really what happens is we have a group of men that start sharing what God is showing them and what's doing in their lives. And we get a fuller picture. Today you're getting to hear what God is showing me. And he's speaking to the church. And I agree with that. But when we gather together, when the women's group gathers together, what we have is we have unity and we, we have the opportunity to see a, a bigger picture. And so I really encourage you, if you haven't been involved in a life group, that's what that's all about. That's what these, these Monday mornings and these women's prayer breakfasts and stuff, it's helping us to come together in unity and to be able to share with each other. And it, I, it's so rich. I get so much out of that. So we were talking about that last Monday. Um, let's talk about daily faith. So what does that look like? Uh, is Liz here today? I don't think they think they're gone. You know, we just did the OCC uh, Christmas Child, you know, and we did a 400-something boxes. Uh, last Sunday, I, when they were getting ready to do that, and, and I, I kind of mentioned that I thought we should believe for 600 boxes to go out of this region, okay? And that's from north of Taos, all right, at Eagle Nest, Angel Fire, Cuesta, and up to the Colorado border. Uh, you know how many boxes went out of here? 670. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? But you know what? Daily faith means that, that Liz had to step up and she had to, she had to believe that God was calling her to do this so many years ago. But it took faith. It, it took us all gathering together, working together, having a plan to accomplish this. Because faith, faith most times is, is what godly faith is. It's bigger than something you can do on your own. It's supernatural. Okay, it's when God, supernatural is when God comes in beside us and begins to, to, to accomplish things that could never be accomplished on our own. And that's supposed to be in. This testimony this morning, you know, they've been working on that for five years. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? And the fruit is just now coming forth, but it's going to come in bundles. You know, we were talking today about harvest. And, and I'm not a farmer, but, but they were telling me that, you know, 30 bush, when it's harvest time, there's this great excitement and anticipation, you know, they've got all the, the machines, machines are ready to go and, and everything's tuned and, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, it's time to go. And, and they, you know, 
they believe for sure they're going to get a 30 bushel harvest. But, but they were telling me that, that 60 is like just over the top amazing, but 100 bushels is supernatural. And we're believing for 100 bushels. Okay, the supernatural to come in and lives to start being changed and touched for Christ. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to help them. It's gonna, we're going to come alongside them. But daily faith is we've got to walk this out day by day, moment by moment, don't we? It's like the, the wild game dinner. Um, you know, I had to step out in faith to do this. And I'll, I'll share a little more about that in a minute. But, you know, we, we put this thing together. And when I, I went through the cards at the end and we saw that seven people had checked the box saying, yeah, I received Christ and I want, I want some follow-up on that. Um, I would have been surprised. I would have been amazed if I hadn't had those boxes. See, God wouldn't have called us to put this thing together and do all this work and stuff with if we weren't going to see a harvest. And so what I want to talk to you about daily faith today is start to believe that God is coming alongside of you. He has a plan for your life, and he's going to help you accomplish that. You know, last Monday morning I got up, um, and like I do every morning, Monday morning, I get up about 5, and we try to head down to the church about 6. And I was running a little bit late. Uh, but whenever I'm not going to see Laney first thing in the morning, we've been doing this pretty much all of our marriage I write her a note because we're in relationship, because we love each other. I want her to know that I'm thinking about her. When she gets up in the morning, I want her, the first thing she's going to hear is from me, other than maybe God when she's laying in bed. But that's relational, isn't it? That's what relationship with Christ should look like is, is that we're involved we're in a relationship with each other. But uh, I decided I wanted to write her a note, and, and I always do. But as I got ready to write the note, you know, we've been going through, as all families do, you know, we have ups and downs. We have health issues in our family right now. We have a lot of different things going on, and it can get discouraging sometimes. Uh, and Lenny did something for me a couple of months ago. She asked God to give me a word, and she wrote it out, and she, she gave it to me. Uh, and, you know, I keep that word on the counter, and I read it from time to time, and, and Whenever I start to get discouraged or off track, that God just brings that back to remembrance. And it, it stabilizes me. It encourages me. It brings that faith back up to the surface. And so I just knew that, that it was a season that lady needed a word. And so I asked God that morning as I was sitting there. And, and like I said, I was running late. And I said, Lord, um, give me a word for lady. Now, when I was praying, do you believe that I believe that was God's heart? Absolutely, I believe that God wanted to give her a word. But the daily faith part of it was I picked up the pencil and I began to write and I just said, good morning. And I just started to write. See, I didn't have 45 minutes to pray and I didn't have time to fast. I just needed a word for her before I walked out the door. And as I just started to write, guess what? God gave me the words. That's how faith operates is we step out and God provides and we step out and God provides and we step out farther and God provides. That's what daily faith looks like. Okay? Are you all right with that? Okay, good. So let's take a look. And it's expressing our love, by the way, through that faith. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Faith should always be an expression of the love that we have that's from Christ living in us. So let's look at eternal faith for just a minute. We were... Uh, 
we were talking Monday morning, and Pastor Wayne made this statement a few weeks ago, but eternal faith is that, like we talked about in verse 13, all of these people died, right, before they received the promise, the ancients. And the Bible tells us that all of us, until Christ comes back to, to take his church, every person before that is going to die, the exception of Enoch and, and uh, the prophet. Which one was it? Elijah. 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 I always get Elijah and Elijah missed up. Anyway, those still see that God just took them. The rest of us have a day that's appointed to die. Um, and Pastor Wayne's made a statement. This is, remember, we're looking at eternal faith. We're looking at hope of a life beyond what we have now here on earth. And he made this statement, and it just it rocked me when he thought about it. It's a principle that I've understood for a long time, but... Sometimes we understand principles and the truth that we don't really comprehend. But what he said is, he said, as soon as a believer dies, Satan has lost all access to their life. Think about that for a minute. When a believer in Christ dies, Satan has lost access. The flesh has lost access. The world system has lost access. Um, in fact, Isaiah 57, and a lot of you guys have heard me say this, uh, verses 1 and 2, if you want to pull that up. Oh, <laughs> these guys are good, aren't they? I love it. Let, let me just read this to you with that thought in mind. Uh, and a lot of times when believers have a loved one that goes on to be with the Lord, I, I share this scripture with them because it's so powerful. The righteous perish, and no one takes it to heart. The devout are taken away, and no one understands that the righteous are taken away to be spared from evil. Let that sink in for just a moment. See, I used to think about that, uh, and I would see that as, as, well, maybe there was some bad thing coming down the road for him that God was protecting him from. And that's probably true. But really what he's saying is, that very statement, the, the demonic, the 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 world system has lost access to our to believers. And then verse 2 says, those who walk uprightly enter into peace. They find rest as they lie in death. And so we need to begin to change our, our view of death because it's not eternal. That's right. It's just this flesh. It's just this carton that's going away. And we miss those loved ones that die. But they have gone on because they're in Christ Jesus. And they've stepped into this full, incredible thing that we, we can't even think or imagine. You know, I, I had a friend uh, very recently that is in Christ Jesus. Uh, and he took his own life. And, and uh, that, was, that was really tough for me to hear. Uh, but it, we know those people that struggle so much, you know... Addiction was a huge issue, you know, alcohol and drugs and, and a battle that just was constant, ever going on. Uh, and I just, I had been reading this scripture and studying this when I heard about it. And that was the first thing that I thought was the battle is over. Now, first and foremost, I need you to understand that taking your own life is not God's plan. That is, it's, it's not okay because that's just hopeless. See, if we have a believer, we're, we're created. The Bible says three things are going to remain, faith, hope, and love. And a believer that doesn't operate on all three of those things is going to be wounded and, and hurt. 
and disabled for the most part. If you don't have all three of those things working in your life, you're not operating to, to the fullness of what God has for you. And, and suicide is simply hopelessness. It's just you've lost hope that you have any, any impact on this world. And that is not from God. That is not his voice that you're hearing. And so we never want to, you know, say that suicide is the right answer. But let me tell you, though, if you're in Christ Jesus, he just lost hope. And he's in the, he's in the arms of Christ now. And right. his battle is over. The sad thing is his family, the friends, and the divine appointments that God had for him here on this earth will not take place. And so that's what the enemy does is he, he's here to do what? To kill, to steal, and destroy, right? And so when he can do that, he disables us as believers in our faith that's supposed to be operating and we're supposed to be changing the world around us. Um, it takes that away. And so thank God that he was in Christ and I know where he's at. And that's why now it's so important in our lives that we're in this season of harvest that we begin to step out and really believe because we never know when it's going to be one of those divine appointments, huh? Isn't that right? Isn't that exciting? All right, hang with me now. All right, so let's look back. Um, Isaiah 57 just keeps me clinging to my hope. That there's a day coming. I want to live. I want to live a full life. I want to live till the moment God comes and takes me home. Whether that's through death or through His resurrection, you know, His His coming. I don't care. But I want to see. I want to see lives change. How many of you want to see lives changed? How many of you want to see fruit that lasts in your life? Amen. Then you know what we we need to start getting intentional about that. And that's what I really want to talk, what I want to kind of wrap up this morning is, is intentional faith is faith where we have a plan. Like I said, it's done on purpose. And so I want to read some scripture to you this morning to kind of get us moving in that direction. So uh, let's look at Proverbs 16.3. Uh, I'll just read it off of here. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do. And he will establish your plans. So, what is he saying when he says that? It's, when I read, I think weird, I know you guys, some of you shake your heads at me sometimes. I look at things different. But when I read something like that, what that tells me is I'm supposed to have a plan. Okay? When I read something like that, what I see is I'm supposed to have a plan. Okay, I'm supposed to be moving in a direction with some sort of intentionality, with some sort of purpose. But what I have to do is make sure that that plan aligns with God. Is that right? And so um, let's look over at James chapter 4. I want to go down to the end of the chapter, verse 13. Because James kind of addresses this. Uh, James is... is bringing correction into the church in chapter 4. Uh, but it's a really amazing chapter, and I, I encourage you to read through this uh, on your own in, in all of James, really. But chapter 13 says, now listen, or excuse me, verse 13 says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that, <clears throat> excuse me, city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. He says, well, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? 
You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And so what I want to ask you is, what is he challenging right here? He's challenging our heart attitude, isn't he? In fact, that's what James is challenging pretty much through the whole book of James is our heart attitudes. So what he's saying is, is there anything wrong with saying, I'm going to go and do this? No, but, but what he says, instead what you ought to say, if it's the Lord will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. And then he, vin he finishes with verse 17, which is I think is really, really powerful. Let this sink in. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Hmm. Interesting. So if James is charged, does it mean that every time I say, uh, you know, we're going to do a wild game dinner, we're, we're going to do, uh, that I have to use the exact right words? No. Uh, you know, uh, Tom came to me, Tom Garrison is the one that, that brought the idea to me last, last winter about this wild game feast. If you're visiting or weren't here, uh, you know, basically what we did was we just had a big old wild game feast. We had all kinds of uh, different prizes we gave away. But Tom came to me, but, but Tom's heart is he wants to, he's, he's got an evangelist heart. And he wanted to be able to share the gospel to it in a, in a non-threatening way, in a place where, where we could have people feel comfortable that might not normally come into a church environment. And so Tom challenged me with this uh, last winter. And the first thing I had to do was, see, just a month or two before that, we had come out and really believed that God had given us this fresh vision for our church. And that vision was, to, was regionally especially, but worldwide, locally and regionally, but especially regionally, we're supposed to be trying to connect people to God. Okay? And not just through Faith Mountain, but through the whole body. So we're trying to connect people to God that maybe were one time involved in a church or maybe never been involved to a church, but give them opportunity to understand what God's love looks like. That's kind of call of the church, isn't it? And so we're, we're really going after our region to connect people uh, to God and to connect people to each other because God wants us walking in unity. Is that right? He wants the body of Christ. Denominational lines need to fall. You know, all this division, we need to walk in unity as the body of Christ. Joe, the First Baptist, has a different picture. Jay has a different piece over here. We all make up the picture, the mosaic of the body of Christ. And so our vision was to connect people to God and to connect people to each other in this region. And guess what? I didn't ask for this. Tom shows up and says, hey, I want to offer this to you. We'll give away a wild, I mean, an African safari and, and all these things. Well, it fit our vision perfectly. I mean, it, it was absolutely gift wrapped for our, the vision that we just had. And so I knew in the back of my heart, in the back of my mind, I knew this was God's will. Okay, but what I had to do was I had to decide, was I willing to step out and take a risk because I knew it was going to be a lot of work and I knew it was going to be risk. It was going to stretch our church, which it did, huh? <laughs> you got, some of us got stretched more than others. Uh, but I went through a process for a while because I wanted to make sure I wanted to hear God. I wanted to, I wanted to make sure because it can look good on the outside and not necessarily be the right thing, right? 
And so I asked God for confirmation, and I prayed about it, and I asked some of you guys to pray with me on that. Um, and see, if I hadn't moved forward with that, I knew in my heart, once I committed to it, I knew that was God's will for us, for this region. I knew God had, had uh, divine appointments for people, and he wanted to use us to do that. But James says, when you know... Uh, as he said, anyone then who knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's sin. Man, that's kind of sobering, huh? I, st- I step back and think if I had, had gotten selfish and self-centered and, and, or Liz or Vos Tambien or Jay or all these different ministries we have and not stepped out in faith, there's people's lives at stake. Isn't that right? Somebody stepped out in faith probably for you. I know they did for me. And so I want to encourage us today to be intentional about your faith. Start asking God. See, Jay shared a message last week talking about salvation, talking about obedience, and talking about the call that God has on your life. Um, There's liable to be people in this room that have been walking away from the call or a specific thing that God has called you to do, and you know it's what he wants you to do, but for whatever fear, or whatever is holding you back, maybe it's provision. I mean, I remember when we first started talking about Los Tambien and, and the money that was going to be needed, and, and what was so exciting was to see the passion in their eyes. They were like, we don't care how big this mountain is. We're speaking to it in the name of Jesus, and we're going we're gonna to cause it to go into the sea. That's faith. That's faith. And that's active faith. And then they begin to start a plan. They begin to work on it. And so intentional faith. James is saying, hey, there's nothing wrong with making the plan. In fact, we're supposed to do that. But when we do it, we're supposed to be led by the Spirit. And he'll open and close doors. Maureen's sitting back there, you know, and and I watched her uh, last summer, last spring, start making a plan. She She could feel something stirring in her spirit and saying, you know what? God has something different for me. And she stepped out of faith, and now she's still walking in that faith. You know? But lives are going to be changed. What we do matters. Amen? Amen? <laughs> and you know what? We're in a season of harvest. This, <laughs> I, I don't know how to encourage you any more than this. We're in a season of harvest right now. You should be walking out the door and expecting people to step into your life. When you walk into the gas station or the grocery store or the restaurant or your neighbor, we should be expecting to have divine encounters with them. Because it's the season we're in. The farmer, they, they plant the seed, they water, they do take care of the soil, they do all the work which we've been doing for so long and now it's the season. And so my encouragement is we walk out and in James and I are getting ready to head to Amarillo. We're going to meet Josh up there. And I'm just expecting to see people that, that I'm going to, God's going to give me a word to just say, hey, can I encourage you? Can I, maybe I'll have a word, a prophetic word for them. Maybe I don't know what that's going to look like, but I trust the Holy Spirit for it. Amen? Amen. All right, I want to read one last verse to you, and that's back in, in Hebrews, actually, chapter 10. I know, and I've changed my mind. (laughs) I reserve the right to do that. 
I want to start in verse oh, 30, 35. Verse 35, the writer of Hebrews is encouraging us. He says, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. What's the confidence in? It's in God, right? I mean, faith is a gift from God. Confidence do you any good if it's not from God? If it's not, you know, confidence is good when you're, you know, playing golf or something. But, but he's talking about a confidence. He's been teaching us out of Hebrews about the confidence in the call that God has given us. He goes on and he says, "So do not throw away your confidence. It will be." There's a promise here, by the way. You see that? Remember when we were challenged to, to underline, you know, a promise? And what was the other one? Uh, gosh, it was a promise and a... I can't remember. A command. Command. Command or a promise. Uh, here's a promise. It says, don't throw away your confidence and you will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. Somebody ought to get excited about that. Nobody? Uh, let me read it again. I'm sure you just didn't hear it. For in just a little while, he, he who is coming, that's Jesus, by the way, is coming back. He's coming for us. It says he will not delay. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. Tough crowd today. And, and, but my righteous one will live by what? Amen. What's the faith? The faith is Christ in you, Amen. right? The promises, the provision, everything that he's given you. My righteous will live by faith. And he says, I'll take no pleasure in one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and be destroyed, but we, to those who have faith and are saved. And he's talking about us. Amen. Amen. He's talking about us.